0: Abraham, he's still as as much of a hero of the Bible that Abraham is, he also is imperfect. In the- Welcome to the Men of Conviction Podcast. Welcome to the Men of Conviction Podcast. I'm your host, Cordell Nolan. We are studying through the book of Genesis and the Bible to learn a little bit about our history, how we got to where we are today, and uh, just kind of looking at some of the, the, um, our history. Of how God led us to where we are today. Before I jump in today, um, I wanted just to mention, like, if whether you get concerned about um, some of the things that are going on in our land, um, we get concerned about government shutdowns. Sometimes, you know, I saw that on the news um, that you know in the ninth hour they extended our government funding for forty-five more days. Then they get the vote on it again and put us through the fear factor again of what if the government shuts down? What if people lose their jobs? What if our national parks close? What if certain services are no longer available? What if people weren't able to get the care and the aid that they need? And sometimes I wonder if we depend too much on our government systems for our livelihood and and don't depend as much on God. So I think there's two big factors that are at play. We have the big companies uh, that trade on Wall Street. That now use this ESG scoring system to um, kind of dictate whether they're good, so to speak. I believe BlackRock came up with that, and then we also have our government, who is is big and that pushes their weight around, you know. And in in terms of whether the American people want us at war with Russia or not, um, we somehow have a a strong affinity towards Ukraine. And, and putting weapons in in their hands so that they can kill Russians and so they can defend themselves and defend the democracy. I won't go into that rabbit hole so much uh, other than to say that if we put our, our faith and hope in our government and what we've created, um, and if we put our hope and our trust in the companies and our economic system that we created and forget that there's an eternal life and, a, and an eternal um, existence that we should be pursuing or chasing, then we may miss the mark. We may miss the mark because we may, we may side with our empathetic side and our feelings and emotions and saying, you know what, I get it. Like People won't be able to eat if the government shuts down. They won't get food benefits. And I think that's where we as, as people and children of God we're to step in and take care of our fellow brothers and sisters that they need help if this government that we have in place isn't doing what it needs to do for us, the people, but don't put so much faith and hope in things that are temporary or man-made because at some point what man makes will go away. You know, man's not creating things that are for eternal existence, but God is eternal. And so that's where we should put our focus. So anyways, I just want to share that with you guys in case you have any fears or doubts about things that are going on with government or companies, know that you're not the only one that thinks that and know that God is a sovereign God and that he is eternal and that's what we should live our lives for. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our study. If, if you uh, listen to last our last episode, it was about uh, Sodom and uh, Gomorrah and, um, and, and God dealing with with um, with Lot's family, turning his wife into a pillar of salt. Uh, Lot sleeping with his two daughters in a cave after he got drunk. So now we're going to get in back into Abraham, who's going to be the father of many nations. Uh, I was reading some commentary that that Abram, his name was ch- changed to Abraham, and Sarai was her name was changed to Sarah because "ha" in uh, the Hebrew language was for breath, and so he's giving the breath. God is changing Abram's name to Abraham, ha, and Sarah Sarai to Sarah, ha, given them the breath of God because they're going to be they're going to give birth to a son Isaac who eventually um will lead to our savior so let me let me pray, and then we'll dive into today's study. Um, but I just want to share some thoughts uh, with you in case any of you guys are listening. I want to apply some practicality to today's world about some things that uh, just were some thoughts that were on my my heart that I wanted to share with you out in the opening. And I, I encourage you to listen to this entire episode. It really helps to get the message out um, to more people as we study the Word of God together. If we get one new listener uh, per episode, one more subscriber. You know, hey, that's 50, 50 new subscribers and listeners that are doing this Bible study together. If we get two, of course, that's a little bit over hundred in just a year's time. But we can do more than that if we share it with other people and we study the Bible and God's Word together using this platform um, of of podcasts and YouTube channels. So I encourage you to listen to the entire episode, leave a comment. I appreciate the comments on the last episodes and 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 like the episode so that way. It will be distributed to more people, and as you share it, and as you put it out there, um, then more people will get to hear God's Word, and we can study it together. Again, I'm just Cordell studying God's Word. Hopefully, the Word of God will touch you in your heart. I'm just here trying to uh, study and learn more about the Word of God myself. So, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day, and I pray that you'll open the hearts and the minds of those that are listening to hear your words, not mine, dear Lord. Pray that you'll just be with them and and uh, allow them to open their Bibles or study the word as they're on their commute or in the evening or in the morning as they wake up so that way they can uh put their your words on their hearts and minds uh, let me get out the way and let your word speak through me and in your son Jesus name we pray amen so we're jumping into verse uh, I'm sorry chapter 20 of Genesis and we'll start with the first verse and kind of read on through and see what what kind of um what nuggets we can pull out of here so now Abram moved on from there into the region of Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in uh, Gerar. And there Abram said of his wife Sarah, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Girar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because the woman you have taken, she is a married woman. Now Abimelech had gone near her had not gone near her. So God so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me she is my sister and didn't she also say he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in a dream, "Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you you and all yours will die." Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all of his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How how have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should not be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is really my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me Wonder from my father's household, I said to her, "This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, save me. He is my brother." Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham, and he returned Sarah his wife to him. And Abimelech said, "My land is before you. Live where wherever you like." To Sarah he said, "I am giving you your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you, and are completely vindicated." Or you are pl- completely vindicated? Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his slave girls, so that they could have children again. For the Lord had closed up every womb in Abimelech's household because of Abraham's wife Sarah. Ooh. So we have Abraham here in this verse. He had left, um, left the area where Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know why. Maybe because it was destroyed and ruined, he didn't want to look at it anymore. And he settled in this new this new land. And here we have Abraham again, as he did with the Egyptians. Saying, "Hey, this is my uh, sister," which he's saying that this is my sister's, my half sister. Um, don't have the same mother, but we have the same father, um, which is kind of no different in what's happening in Abraham's household. Because remember, he's promised a son, to which he and Sarah laughed. Uh, they were going to name him Isaac, and he had a, a, a son with his slave girl uh, or woman, slave woman uh, Hagar, and. And that caused strife within within uh, Abraham's household, so that's where we are in the story. You see, Abraham he's still as as much of a hero of the Bible that Abraham is. He also is imperfect in and keep in in claiming that Sarah, his beautiful wife, is his sister, so that he could protect his life because his trust and his faith in God is there, and God knows his heart. But Abraham's also human, and he doesn't fully say, you know what. Hey, this is my wife. We're here, you know, in your land, and and, and dealing with things that way. God keeps intervening and says, "Hey, hey, guys, this don't touch her. She's she's protected. Sarah's protected. She's mine. Leave her alone. She's married to Abraham." And then when these these men find out that he's that she's married, instead of going to kill Abraham, which he's fearful of, they all go and give him gifts, give him servants, give him animals, livestock, so they can eat so that he becomes wealthier and wealthier of a man. So we'll jump into uh, chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore his son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. There we see again Abraham is being very, 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 um, gets obedient to to the the covenant or the, the um the 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 covenant that he had made with god in circumcising Isaac. Uh, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age then the child grew and was weaned and on the the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast but Sarah saw this, uh, that the son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had borne to Abraham, was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share an inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because he concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also, because he is your offspring. So, I mean, here we have in this, this verse that... You know, Sarai had told Abram, hey, go lay with your your servant Hagar, who they got in Egypt whenever Abram, Abraham, Abram left because he was scared of the, the famine. He didn't know that God would provide for him. But he leaves, goes to Egypt. Uh, they get the, the maid servant Hagar. He has a son with her. And there's this tension that happens, at, you know, from that point. You have a husband and a wife. Wife says, you know what, I'm not going to be able to give you any children. Go lay down with our servant. And it comes back to bite them. Imagine that. You know, like all of a sudden uh, a wife tells her husband, Hey, I'm not going to be able to give you children. So how about you go and and you have children a different way? You have you you decide, you you play maker, um, and and figure out how we're going to have a child. We'll use this woman over here. And it seems like, again, as if we start creating God or playing God in our own lives, that the consequences surely follow. And whether it be in our, our science that we have today and the things that we're able to do um, with, with creating, eliminating babies, or changing our genders and sex, it seems as though there is trouble that will come upon you for doing those things. I'm not asking that God does that to anyone or, or cast judgment on you, but it seems that it's natural in the course of history. If we decide to play creator and maker, that there are consequences for that. Early next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulder, shoulders, and then sent her off with a boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down nearby, about a boat shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. So here we have this maidservant. She wanders off in the desert. She puts her son under a bush because she's like, man, he's going to die. And she starts crying. So God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God with, was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the, de- in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him in Egypt. So, what's really interesting is like all of a sudden God appears to Hagar and says, "Hey, you know what? Don't 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 be afraid. Here's a well of water." And so she fills up that the, her uh, her skins with water. You know how they carried their water around, and and they were. Well, you know, that she was able to go and get get her son, uh, Ishmael, a wife from Egypt, and they lived uh, in, in the desert. And so Ishmael was going to be a great nation because that's what God promised. So at that time, Abimelech and uh, Fikol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me in the country where you are living as an alien, the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these of these ser- seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So that place was called Beersheba because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Philco, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called upon the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. So we have these other things that happened here, this treaty at Beersheba. Um, Abimelech, uh, again, I had to read some commentary. I don't know. It states that this likely was not the same Abimelech. Um, it's just, Abimelech was a, a term for a king over, uh, this, this area. Um, it's what, you know, I was able to kind of gather from that, that Abimelech may not be the same Abimelech from the, the verses previous. Another question I had, you know, we want to know the details. It's like, was this well, the same well, What did Abraham dig the well for Hagar and they actually found it because God, you know, made that happen in his divine inter- intervention, I don't know, just a thought that I'd had. It's like maybe Abraham had dug this well for his, and, and, and God placed Hagar and Ishmael there and and basically provided the father. Abraham provides for Ishmael just like God provides for us. That was a thought that I had. But um, from what I read, it probably or likely wasn't the same well. But you have Abraham who says to Abimelech, hey, your, your men have taken my well. And instead of fighting about it, and, you know, Abraham has had, you know, he gathered, was 300-and-something men to go and, um, and rescue Lot before. So Abraham could have went and been hostile, but he said, you know what? Hey, your men have taken this well from me, and they made a treaty. He says, I just want my well back. I guess the well, water, is, <laughs> always has lots of value, has value to us today. We need water to live. And Abraham's like, hey, here's, here's some of my, my lamb— Here's some of my, my livestock. I want to give you some choice livestock so that way, just so that we can clear this air. So we don't have any arguing over this well. This is my well, and I want it back. And, and God was with Abraham, and it happened. So regardless of what's going on in the world around us, regardless of what's going on with our government, with our kings or presidents, so to speak, um, we need to remember that we need to be faithful to God, always giving what we're supposed to give to the government, but that is not our ultimate authority. If you believe in Jesus Christ as the son of the living God, then our ultimate authority is our God in heaven. And so regardless of what our government does or whatever hardships we come across in our life, which we're going to have hardships, it's important to look up and say, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? Because this temporary bump on the road, whether it be, a week, a month, a year, or longer, a decade, is a short drop in a bucket for eternity. And so I hope that um, and encourage you to think about eternal things when you think about life. So that way you live a life that is on purpose and with intention, and you know that the hardships and struggles that you may have today of a government shutting down, a big corporation laying people off as they control more and more of our lives – that in reality we we don't answer to the corporation our company we don't answer to our government so to speak that they may impose penalty or make our lives more difficult but we don't answer to them ultimately we answer to a, a living god so i'm going to close this out in prayer and hopefully you enjoyed uh chapters 20 and 21 in genesis it's not as a as <laughs> it's eventful it's very eventful it's not as eventful as the previous chapters with so much um, sex and everything going on back and forth but it's it's it almost seems a little bit drier right as you, you move on from one um, one chapter to the next but at the same time you have this promise of God saying hey Abraham, I want to make you the father of many nations you're going to be the the father. Of many nations, and he gives them a promise to his wife Sarah. They they have a son Isaac, and I think that that's something that is is very very uh, substantial in the study of the Bible. So, dearly Father, thank you so much for this time that we spend together, and thank you for your Word. I pray that you'll you'll allow these words to to rest on the hearts and minds of those who listen. Um, pray that you'll just allow me to be the vessel that gets the message, your Word, to them, um, and and pray that you'll do your work in those that hear it. And it's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this has been the Men of Conviction podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe. I'll remind you to do that again. Leave a comment. Um, so that way we can continue to spread the, the the message, this historical book that shows how we all got here, while we're here. Uh, this has been the Men of Conviction podcast. We'll catch you next time. We're out.